Welcome back to another episode of This Film Not Rated, a branch of the Music City Drive-In Podcast Network, where we try to not rate movies. Now, uh, the world seems to think that there's an objective truth to a movie, as Twitter is constantly trying to remind us, and we're on a quest to prove them right or wrong? I don't know anymore. Point is that we have a gauntlet of 15 questions. Uh, and the point of, of the gauntlet is to try to answer each question as objectively as possible without giving any subjective opinions. The second you give an objective opinion in the gauntlet, you're out and we just talk freely about the movie and how we feel about it and what we think is going on. Today, Eric is in the gauntlet and uh, what are we talking about today? Halloween 2018. The story that for i believe the second time in the series retconned the sequels and rebooted as a continuation of the original 1978 halloween and this time michael myers is back and free and laurie strode comes back after the trauma she experienced 40 years ago and tries to protect her family from what she believes is the impending doom of the evil that is Michael Myers. Are you ready for the gauntlet? Oh, yeah. All right, then. So, is Halloween 2018 a good or bad movie? Halloween 2018 was financially successful enough to have sequels greenlit, and... Most reactions I've heard from other people are favorable, and I enjoyed my experience. And I don't think I can pick it out any anything there. Um, what was the best scene in the movie? This question might always get me. Because it's so dependent on what a person is looking for. The sequence that was promoted in the trailers, and and I, I do mean scene, but it is a sequence, factually, objectively. Mm -hmm. uh, it was pushed in the trailers. It was talked about in reference to Halloween 2. When Michael Myers is in Haddonfield and a shot tracks continually mm. through houses and back. I believe that this scene was used to promote the movie off of the belief that it would excite an audience and is often referenced by other people as being something that is a reason they believe the movie is good. A lot of, a lot of words there, but I don't think you said. I don't think you said anything. The trigger a buzz just yet. Just yet. What should be cut from the movie? Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't think it. Don't say it. Um. <laughs> thinking about the reaction, it's been four years since this movie came out. Twenty eighteen. So yeah, about four years. Uh. The moment that has the most polarized reaction. The most polarized reaction. I know, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitating here. Uh, is the reveal with Dr. Sartain. 
And I believe that I can't find another scene that created a more polarized reaction than that. So I know usually we say like, there's going to be one person out of a million who might disagree with that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to leave it up times. to your judgment. Yeah. I'm going to leave it up to your judgment on whether or not that warrants it because I can't think the only other scene that I've heard people talk about as either they like it or don't like it is the police officers talking about their peanut butter and jelly sandwich and you know, that dialogue in the car. I've heard people complain about the beginning with the uh, intro and with the psychiatrist going in to see Michael. In that scene though, if there are people who don't like it, that's one thing, but polarized means felt like it was awful versus really enjoyed. So if you if you want to call it there that I'm sort of saying I'm sort of saying what should have been cut was some of the material around Dr. Sartain. So you can yeah. buzz me. There we go. All right. I made three it questions to question in. three. Hey, that's I'm I'm usually out with question one. I You've was been out game. with question two. Hmm? I was game for this. Best actor. Ever, the almost some people talk about the twist with Judy Greer, mm-hmm. but uh, m- almost all of the discourse of the performances come from the new actor playing Michael Myers and mm-hmm. uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's turn having to portray that trauma. Yeah. Uh, worst actor again came back to Dr. Sartain having mm-hmm. to pull off that sequence. Um, yeah. But also at the same time, there's so many worst actors where I thought I might have actually gone out because there are so many intentionally disposable characters. Or, or it's just hard to gauge what. Or, 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 uh, sorry. Uh, yeah. Um, in, intentionally dis- disposable or or intentionally written bad so you don't feel sorry for them, like the boyfriends. Well, I, I, I that's why I went with disposable. Like if I was yeah. trying to stay objective, like. Like to be to be like bad people, kind of, but like, mm-hmm. do they do a good job of doing that or not? I don't know. It's fine. So yeah. Um. So hey, big mystery. Uh, why? Why did we want to watch Halloween twenty eighteen? Gee, it, it it couldn't possibly be because Halloween ends is about to come out in two weeks. Yeah, I don't envy you having to do Halloween Kills in the Gauntlet next week. I'm gonna be out with question one again. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I, I actually need to rewatch that one because I've only ever seen it in theaters, but we'll get more into that. I actually really like watching Halloween 2018. I I just feel like it's a polished, modern uh, way to enjoy the kind of thing that you want to get enjoyment from from Halloween, which is just a creepy, like, hometown simple setting of, like, the boogeyman creeping around. You know, they... they uh-huh. They make things really heavily about Laurie Strode, but they detour, in my opinion, just enough to creep through the neighborhood and play with the Halloween feeling and aura and ramp up some scares and give you that sensation of he's the boogeyman. You never quite know where he is, but he's still 
physical and threatening enough. You know, I, I really, it's sort of, there's a lot of weird relationships in my head between this trilogy it's going to be and uh the star wars sequel trilogy where the force awakens i thought was a good showcase of someone proving they understand the merits of the original yeah and trying to do some new things with it Mm -hmm. and they put a very interesting stamp on it and i love going back to this like i love going back to the force awakens and then the rest of history happened yeah, well, that's very intentional. I was reading uh, "Take uh, Taking Shape," the book right right behind me, and uh, it, it took a long time for, for for them to find David Gordon Green to be the director. They actually approached Adam Wingar at one point, and he was actually looking to get it. But then when he got the email saying that John Carpenter approved, he was like, "Well, that's all I needed. I I just needed Daddy's approval," and walked away because he just wanted John Carpenter's approval that he that 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 he liked him well well enough to make the Halloween movie. And then when he got that affirmation, he decided to not do it. Okay. Which is weird. But then we got David Gordon Green. But uh, with uh, with uh, David with with uh, David Gordon Green, he could only see doing this movie one of two ways: either an a a a, a retelling of the origin story, but we already have Rob's, Rob Zombie's Halloween for that one, so we didn't want to want to do that. Or something that pays homage to the original film, a la The Force Awakens, as you you just mentioned. But in, in order to do that, they would need Laurie Strobe to come back and play... Sorry, they would need Jamie Lee Curtis to come back and play Laurie Strobe. Who, like John Carpenter, was hard to convince. They had to get Jake Gyllenhaal, who's a, coast, who's a close fan, fan, I'm a family friend. And also, I didn't know this in, until today, Jamie Lee Curtis's official godson. To uh, talk to her and convince her to go talk to Dave, David Gordon Green about coming back as Laurie Strode. So there was just a whole lot of unknowns when it came to making this film, not to mention this thing's been in production hell since before uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. This thing was in in, in production while that one was uh, filming. It just, wow. got can- it just got canceled and renamed many times over. At first it was going to be Halloween 3, then it got changed to Halloween Returns, which got canned, or which got scrapped, I think, somewhere in the 2010s. Uh, then around... Either 2010s or 2015, which is in the 2010s, whatever. Uh, and then eventually got picked up to do this. And the reason why it's just called Halloween, uh, as opposed to, uh, you just, I know a, a lot of people going with the, uh, they couldn't come up with anything with anything creative other than just Halloween, because that's the Hollywood trope. It was because David Gordon Green didn't want people to think that they had to go back and watch the other movies to watch this one, because it's just a fresh start. So just call it Halloween. Yeah, I still don't know how I feel about that argument. I I still stand by the choice to make Laurie Strode. I mean, it's a lot clearer in Halloween Kills why. Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, the reason why I keep bringing up Halloween Kills, uh, and I know we're into the questions of what you like and dislike about the movie. Um, originally, the 1978 sequences that are put into Halloween Kills were planned for this movie. Uh And they had to try and make it something that would stand more alone. And you get the seeds of that where he's saying what he's saying about the title. And he's like, I want this to stand as its own thing. And now we're at the point where they've pretty much confirmed that this series is its own canon that ends with ends. Uh And so whatever happens in the next movie 
people aren't tied to having to believe that this is a studio's intentional ending for the franchise. So this is his own take on a little story that has to do with this original impactful story. So I understand a little Mm -hmm. bit, but I don't know without those 1978 sequences. When I watch this movie, I just think with everything that it looks like they're trying to do with it, with how hard they lean into the relationship between Laurie Strode and Michael Myers, just make it Halloween three. There never was a Mm -hmm. Halloween three with Michael Myers. Just make it Halloween three. Yeah. That's true. Uh, you know... <laughs> Speaking of Halloween 3, for Halloween Returns, they were going to try and get uh, uh, Dan Atkins back, the guy who starred in Halloween 3, to play like a doctor role in, Tom in that one. Tom Atkins, thank you. Tom Atkins. They cool. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 they were going to try and get him back to play a doctor role in, in, in I'm still one. rooting for James Rolfe's Halloween thing. Oh, God. The, It'd be um, fun. Yeah, the whole new nightmare approach where jamie lee curtis agrees to come back and it turns out to be a secret sequel to halloween 3 so they've built a bunch of animatronic michael myers from all the different movies and (laughs) all the michael myers with the the witch's curse on them come Mm -hmm. after jamie lee curtis the character Mm -hmm. like that is genius yeah it's so much fun Mm -hmm. so what do you like about the movie Oh, uh, I mean, going, I mean, one, I, 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 I like that Michael Myers goes back to being a ruthless killing machine and he has no, no motivation other, other than just like an, an unstoppable urge to kill. Uh, he has some boundaries cause he won't kill a baby crying in the crib, but outside of like some very limited rules that I don't understand, that's it. Uh, yeah. I love uh, some, something that stood out to me more this time was, was, uh, John Carpenter's score when I went back to watch it. Uh, with with my new sound speaker, and after seeing a lot more of John Carpenter's films, it just stuck out so much clearer. As yeah, it's a John Carpenter score. What like specifically in the bathroom scene, and it's like this this repetitive thumping and beating. I can't I can't think of it off the top of my head. Like instantly, I thought, hey, that 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 sounds like a score from the thing. But it's it's also John Carpenter who also didn't, but which I, who who oddly enough didn't do the thing. But that that it, it sticks out much more, and it, like weird, weird, weirdly enough, it gives it a lot more authenticity and more of a, like an, an an authorial stamp as as a sequel to Halloween than most of the Halloween sequels that don't have John Carpenter score in it. Yeah, it's weird, but I love it. Yeah, it it plays, and I do love this about the movie. It plays so much off of the imagery from the first movie. Mm-hmm. And to say things about the characters and to say things about the story it's telling rather than just image for image sake. I mean, like, so many of these movies, Halloween Ends, I think we totaled, is going to be the 13th Halloween movie. They have Mm -hmm. the shot of Michael Myers standing outside and then someone looks back out and he's gone. Mm -hmm. And this time it was Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. You know, and it, she's been affected by this evil and there's this undercurrent all the way to the last shot of the movie that people get affected by the evil. And then of course they ramp that up with now we're the monsters and I I I got to stop talking about Halloween kills. So <laughs> the ending in particular, the way it plays off of the final act of the original. Yeah. Laurie gets thrown off the house and then is not there in the yard when Michael looks back. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, really cool stuff. The they have and they have their own like awesome little iconic things like the jack o' lantern head. Mm-hmm. Like oh. Oh yeah. Um the only very, stuff very sorry. Go ahead. The, the, very clear and very uh, like like obvious imagery going on there and everyone who has seen it knows exactly what it means. So it, it's almost pointless going over it, but yeah, it, it's literally just rejuvenating Halloween back to its back back to its roots. And it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, the only stuff really that I didn't like about the movie was the relationship drama with the teenagers. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the scenes that felt like reshoots where Judy Greer is talking about her past and she's mm-hmm. standing in front of a camera just talking like this. You don't really understand what it was like. And then they cut to footage that they shot with like a young actress playing her. Yeah. But it's so wooden. And she's she she acts different in those scenes than she does in the rest of the movie. And it's, it's mm-hmm. kind of like once I see it that way, I can't unsee it that way. Mm-hmm. And then uh the Dr. Sartain of it all. I I was so close to being a fan of this. Mm-hmm. Okay, because the idea is like the world is kind of overly fascinated with serial killers to the point where they sort of idolize like it was the right time to make a movie where the story is there are people obsessed with the psychology of why michael is how why michael is and trying to push him to react to kind of learn about him yeah but this whole concept of like oh i got in to be his replacement psychologist for like a decade and i'm just such a loyal person i don't know it's just it's just weird Mm-hmm. And then his death was like the weird, like his head was made of like a balloon. <laughs> of all the like really effective, horrifying sequences in the movie, mm-hmm. that one was just like so, like, yeah, bizarre. So yeah. um, that that was the thing. There's this version that I really badly want to edit of Allison when that song kicks in, the shape hunts Allison. She runs mm-hmm. into the woods after a few neighbors don't answer and just use a couple of the shots to get to the sequence where she runs out of the woods into the mannequin field. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that you sort of replace some of the shots to cut the geography so that Lori lives closer than it seemed to their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And you have Allison run into the woods and come out onto her property. And that's how she gets to the house instead of instead okay. of being in the car. Um, I just think there's a way to cut around all of yeah. it. So whatever. Yeah. yeah. What about but you? Yeah, what do you have? Gripes. Uh, gripes. My, my, again, most, most, mostly the same thing. Doctor Sartain. Uh, not a bit. I, I like that he's not a, a a replacement for Loomis, and I, I like the idea that they were going with him, where he's just kind of obsessed with why Michael is what he is. Uh, I think that they, I think they took it a little bit too far, though. Uh, where he's he's so obsessed with he's he's so obsessed with with the concept he's turning himself, which could which could have been interesting if they had pulled it off, right? But I don't know. It, it's it's weird. It, it it's it's wonky the way they 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 do it. It just it's out of nowhere almost. You can kind of put the pieces together if you're paying attention. But I I really love the twist with Judy Greer. She does a fantastic mm. job with that. And like yeah. you said, the score for the movie is, oh my gosh, mm. so good. Like, uh, yeah. But, um, yeah. The, the, the costume design with 
Judy Greer's character, something that my brother Nick pointed out to me after a while is her mom put so much emphasis on, on Halloween and Michael Myers that by the time she's an adult, she's so fed up with it. In the movie, she's wearing a Christmas shirt, uh, a, 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 a Christmas sweater, completely skipping over Halloween, which mm-hmm. nice little details like that you can see sprinkled out through everything in, yeah. in, 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 in this film. And it's, it's mm-hmm. the creativity of Michael Myers uh, mm-hmm. with, with him carving out that police skull like a jack-o'-lantern just mm-hmm. to scare Judy Greer's husband before he kills him. Like, you see bits and pieces of that in Halloween, uh, in, 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 in John Carpenter's Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they they ramped it up here a nice bit. And and you see a bit of that again in Halloween Kills, and I like that stuff, too. Yeah. Uh, what what would make you go back to watch this again? Um, Honestly, it depends on Halloween ends. Mm-hmm. But I watch 4, 5, and 6 as a trilogy. So yeah. I can see myself having no problem doing this, but I know I'm definitely going to go back to rewatch this to edit Halloween, Halloween kills and Halloween ends into two movies that functioned as a trilogy with the first one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think for me, no matter how, how Halloween ends, ends, uh, this one is just such a good standalone film. Uh, it, it ends very ambiguously, like like at the end of the credits, you get the Michael Myers breathing thing as as the little hint that maybe he's still alive. Uh, it doesn't hold too much on much of anything, and you know it's, it's just it's it's very quick, it's synced, it's straight to the point, nothing fancy. It's uh, you know it's it's it, it's it's for for being an hour and forty five minute movie, it's a, it's a fairly quick watch. Yep. Yep. So, like, just for all the reasons that I like the film, and that it's that I that I can look at this out like separate from Halloween Kills or Halloween and, and and Halloween Ends, I I can't see myself not going back to watch this, especially around Halloween time. So and I also I always appreciate when one of these movies takes uh, the impact of slasher movies just a, a little bit not serious enough to kill the idea of the movies being fun mm-hmm. but just a little bit more seriously in the sense that you get the gravity and impact of what someone's doing because yeah. it's so easy to end up in like halloween five territory where everything is super campy and nothing <laughs> feels like it has any consequence mm-hmm. but here they do the dinner scene in particular with laurie strode yeah they do such a good job. And just the way she's sitting outside and they got whoever the actor was to, to complete that, that voice monologue of the, of Loomis Loomis. Mm -hmm. Uh, like he needs to die. He needs to die. And she's sitting out there and she's just for her own mental health, making sure that nothing happened when he got on the bus, like, and that opening where she's, this is, I actually think a deleted scene. Okay. But there's an opening where when she's loading and cleaning her gun, she turns one on herself. And then Michael is standing in her closet behind her. Mm. And then she doesn't do it. Yeah. And that image on its own is like just exactly why Halloween is so effective and creepy and why those two characters have such an iconic relationship. Mm-hmm. So regardless yeah. whether they're brother with regardless of whether they're brother and sister or not, which John Carpenter <laughs> hates. Hates that yeah. that came from from his brain. <laughs> okay, uh, well, 
think I said all I want to for the time being on this one. So thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to us again. This is this film not rated part of the Music City Drive-In Podcast Network. Uh, I am Curtis. You can find me on Twitter at nineties gamer four oh seven and on Twitch at uh, Merrick underscore Tainment, where I play video games online. And I'm Eric. You can find me at High Contrast FLN. All right.